everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and I'm here with Daniel McFadden from NBC Sports. Daniel, holy crap, dude! You took the words right out of my mouth, Jeff. I can't believe that just happened. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my third Martinsville race, and it's already the best uh, by mile. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what all happened in the last 10 laps. I need to rewatch that again, and then again, and then have a cold beer and watch it again. So, yeah, everything you could possibly want to happen in that race happened in just the final 10 laps. Well, I mean, it was just, I, I'm similar to you. My head was spinning. I'm out there on pit road. I'm like, oh my God, who do I talk to? Like, do I try to talk to Denny Hamlin, who is currently having the crap boot out of him by thousands of fans um, very, very loudly? Uh, do I try to talk to Chase Elliott, who's being cheered, like his very face on the screen, is, uh, the people are going crazy? Um, those Their cars are parked next to each other. How about Kozlowski, who it seemed like he was going to, pull through with this clutch win i mean i didn't know where to start and i don't know where to start on this but let's start with debating the merits of denny hamlin's um move there at the end he wasn't the only one who did that because chase elliott just did it to brad keselowski moments later in a similar way he didn't wreck him but he moved him denny hamlin said oh i was trying to move him when when when, when chase did it they were just side by side going to the turn and he just kind of forced him up up high when Denny did it as as far as I can recall he was squarely behind him and gave him the boot then so okay so you draw a, a very big distinction right off the bat there because you're saying that um well Chase Elliott's inside him and he you know he kind of uh you know doored him up the track doring someone that's safe it, it's reasonably safe you can recover from that easily Kozlowski maybe could have but I think he was, maybe wasn't expecting it, but he shot up, shot up the track. But no, yeah, Hamlin was like pretty much squarely on his left rear. And I mean, it looked like, yeah, it looked like Hamlin just drove him straight into the corner and didn't really let off. I mean, it looks like he, you know, Elliot, you could see the brake marks. He was going in and, he, you know, he he got wrecked. He got flat out wrecked, it looked like. Now, but well, let, let me re- reiterate, I have not watched the final 10 laps in their complete, in their entire. We both just watched them live. So, so I could probably watch Hamlin's accent again, and I might think differently. So well, all I ha- all I know is that Hamlin on pit road was very insistent. You know, like I I don't wreck people. You know, I, I was tr- I was trying to move him just as as he moved Brad, just as Kyle Busch moved Denny. Um, but here here's the thing, and I, and I wrote this in my column um, on JeffGluck.com, and and I think that this is a very I, I think this is a worthy debate. Let's okay, let's pres- say for a moment that Hamlin did do it on purpose, that he's lying and that he meant to go wreck him. And I, and I'm sure he wouldn't have minded if that was, if he ended up getting to Homestead because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that bad? Is, is it wrong or bad in today's NASCAR? If Denny Hamlin did that on purpose? I don't in that instance. No, you got two laps to go. It's your, one of your, one of your home, tra- home tracks. You need to advance to get the, to, to Miami. I mean, it's there. You're only you're topping out at what ninety miles per hour on this track. It's not like you're booting someone in turn two at Talladega. Uh, it, it, it the, the result here is going to be different than the result pretty much anywhere else. But I don't think he intended to turn Chase. He was right, but it's just I, and I, but I think that goes in this playoff format. In this playoff format, they NASCAR's put these guys in a position where, look, clean 
driving, clean racing, gentlemanly racing, good points days, things like that. NASCAR was like, you know, that's why they created this. They don't want that. Winning is everything. And if winning really is everything, why would you not go do what Denny Hamlin did? Now, I understand why a lot of people are listening to this and being like, Jeff, you're an asshole because, you know, they are upset that this happened. They like Chase Elliott. They want him to win. I would say, okay, first of all, let's say that that was Chase Elliott doing that to Kyle Busch, wrecking Kyle Busch. People would be like, yeah, Chase, awesome. That's what that's what a real racer does. I think the people have a lot to do with the situation, first of all. Yeah, they would have been losing their minds more than they, they were tonight. And they were they were losing their minds from what I could hear as I was exiting the media center to, to go chase down Joey Logano, which didn't prove fruitful at all. So, yeah, I, I think fan reaction really depends on who's involved. I don't get why anyone would be booing. Di- it's Chase Elliott, so a lot of people... Like Chase Elliott, but I think that's the only reason anyone really booed Denny Hamlin. Well, no, but I it, no, they have a right to boo because it's a dirty move. It's dirty, and and if you if you take that from the history of NASCAR, you know how many times do we hear on Sirius Radio or whatever people say it doesn't take it doesn't take any talent to wreck somebody. You know the real the real talent is passing somebody being you know being clean racer like Matt Kenseth or Casey Kane, not you know spin somebody out or whatever. It does take talent to make sure it doesn't look intentional. That's true. That's true. But, you know, I think in this case, though, the the, the standards are changing in NASCAR. Standards are changing because of this format that has such a high reward. And, of course, he didn't get the reward, but he put himself in position to get the trophy and go to Homestead. And if, if he... If Denny Hamlin had won the championship ultimately because of what he did tonight, I'm pretty sure he could have lived with booze for the rest of his career. Um, and, and he could have been like, well, too bad because I got there because of this. And, you know, I don't care if you hate me. I'm a champion. You know what I mean? And that's what the, that's the position all these guys are in. Well, I mean, I, th- I think we should also take, take, take a moment, step back, and think about how where Den- Denny Hamlin was in that position, how what he had bounced back from. Like, he had that speeding penalty at the start of stage two during, during the caution break. And all of a sudden he's there second can take the lead with one move, which he tried to do. And he successfully did until the ensuing restart. One of the coolest things I out from this whole night so far is seeing chase Elliott mad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like every time you see him, he's pretty much just straight face, this low key demeanor. You don't, you don't get much of a rise. on him. No, he was pissed. Dude, he he wrecked um, Hamlin after the race on the backstretch when they were doing the lug nut check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that they both took their helmets off. I was thinking they were gonna fight, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that that, that would have been that would yeah that would have made it look cheap if if they, they kept their helmets on. But no, it's yeah, got to rise out Chase Elliott. That was cool. We've never seen that before. That's true. So. And and you know Hamlin said later that he was just telling Elliott to like knock it off, dude. You know you basically did the same thing different result you you keep shaking your head at that you you really want to draw a distinction here you you, you don't feel it's the same thing I, I, I really don't because like like again again we haven't watched the last 10 laps in their entirety since yet but from from my memory Elliot was side by side with with kez just forced him up out of the lane what hamlin did harder with more intent but i don't think it was to to intentionally spin him out or wreck him out well that's i guess that's what i'm saying though i feel like both of them were likely trying to move somebody. Now, whether it was a safe, it was obviously Hamlin was doing a much riskier thing if that's what he's really trying to do. And he definitely, he definitely failed on the execution. I mean, he was definitely, 
did not if he was really trying to just move him he completely messed up because he ruined chase's race and now chase is like 26 points or something he's last in the standings yeah, um finished 27th 27th no, but i'm saying points out yeah like he's yeah. he's you yeah. know so he ruined his race um but you could also argue that you know chase just moments earlier ruined kozlowski's championship because mm-hmm. kozlowski gone into this saying must this win. is a must win and you know we don't have the speed to compete every week and this is if i'm gonna make homestead this is probably when i'm gonna make it happen and kozlowski he ends up finishing fourth so it wasn't a terrible day as far as a points day but that was he was really going for the win and he was on his way seemingly to that mm-hmm. now um you know let, let's get back to, we can we can go back to the wreck perhaps but there there is a couple things that i want to talk about with penske and kozlowski Kozlowski, on what seemed to be the final restart, chooses the outside yeah. lane. Well, well, the, the outside lane had to be had to be working for most of the race, which I think took everyone by surprise. And it had worked for him on an earlier restart. I remember earlier in the race against Logano, mm-hmm. he made it work on the outside. But in that situation, I mean, obviously this is second guessing. But do you why why leave the door open there for Chase Elliott to get inside you to move him up the track to door him up the track? I just think it had been the outside had been consistent enough throughout the entire race that maybe Kozlowski was like, "Why not? Let's let's just see see what happens." So he he was like, "Let's just go with what works." And I yeah, I haven't seen any Kozlowski quotes. There, there he didn't. There's no quotes from that I saw on the quote sheet for about about that. Um, and then the other Penske related thing was okay, so Kozlowski is gonna win. Uh, it looks like he's driving away. Um, there's a three wide moment there with, I think, Elliot, um, Logano and Kyle Busch. Log- Kyle Busch gets into Logano's mm-hmm. rear and causes a tire rub, a massive tire rub. I mean, it is smoke billowing off it. Oh, it's yeah. clear to everybody watching that the tire is going to pop f- fairly soon. And, and this is after Kozlowski got into the back of Chase f- earlier in the stage and he had, he had tire coming from his smoke coming from the back of his car. But that one got resolved. Yeah, they, they got resolved. So it was the second time we saw that with a, with a leader in the closing laps. And no, I talked the I, t- I briefly talked with Joey Logano after the race. And I asked him did they, did at any point they ask you to come in. He said no. So there you go. But I think that that's you know another second guessing thing where he has nothing to race for. He's not in the playoffs, so he doesn't care about points. At that point, with his tire going bad, it's clear he's not going to win. To in my mind, I guess they're staying out there and hoping. I don't know what they're hoping because with that much tire smoke, anybody that's watched a couple NASCAR races would know it's going to pop. Yeah. So I, th- I think Bush made contact with him with 12 to go and he spun with eight to go. So, I mean, like you said, he had nothing to lose. So stay out there as long as you can and just hope you can get there. I mean, that's, that's see, that's what I, I disagree yeah. with that so. because his teammate, yeah. you've got another situation. His teammate there is racing for a spot in the championship race and you know if your tire blows and you spin out and you cause a caution, there's going to be a restart where your teammate may lose that opportunity, which is what happened. So if he's if the tire is going to blow and you feel like, okay, I'm not going to win the race, call him in. Somebody call him in. Um, make the tire change. And, you know, Keselowski probably just continues on the eight more laps or whatever and just cruises to a win. Maybe there would have been another caution. But at that point, I mean, he – that decision may cost Kozlowski a chance to race for the title. That was a, you know, that's that's not a good move there. Yeah, but then you can also say, well, if it restarts four to go and Kozlowski's there in the lead, you're one of the best drivers at what you do. 
just do what you did on the last one. So, I mean, that's true. But I, you know, there, there may have not been all that chaos at the end. Um, We we wouldn't have had a, what, 15, 16 car pile up. How about that? They they didn't even list how many cars were in it on on the final cumulative report. So I have no idea how many cars were actually involved in that. Yeah, that was like a Talladega situation on the Martinsville front stretch all at the finish line. It was like it was like a a big traffic jam on the highway or something. Everybody was just stopping and trying to get through it. It's it's the biggest wreck I've ever seen here. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that that was wild. Um and then uh, I don't know if you saw afterwards, but um, you know there was a situation where a fan tried to like fight Denny Hamlin on pit road. Have you heard of this? No, I did not. Yes, Matt Weaver got video of this. So if you go to Matt Weaver's Twitter account, a um, large uh, man tried to accost Denny Hamlin, was yelling at him, telling him he was a dirty driver, and the team had to separate the man or have Denny come back, uh, hold Denny back a little bit, and then cops came in and and took the man away. Um, and then I was standing with some media and we were interviewing Alan Gustafson ha- happened to be near Denny's car. This is well after things had calmed down a little bit. And a fan chucked a full bottle of Dr. Pepper over the catch fence. Um, I guess he was trying to hit Dan Hamlin's car cause he was mad. And the bottle of Dr. Pepper landed right at our feet. I mean, I saw that coming out of the corner of my eye. That would have really, really, really hurt had it hit somebody. I mean, it came very it close, uh, a bottle. Oh, okay plastic bottle but it's splattered okay yeah if it was full yeah that would really hurt yeah it was from a long distance too yeah that would have really been painful so fans were obviously super upset about this um but i i do think that it turns into a moment where people are going to be talking about this race for a really long time that's what that's that is what these playoffs needed we've had good races in the playoffs but you haven't had anything really to keep the, the the light boards on the radio stations lit up yeah. nonstop Monday Monday until the next race, and yeah. you're you're definitely gonna have that for the, the first race to end under the lights at Martinsville uh, had a very very memorable finish. I, I totally agree. I mean, you you look at these races so far, and it's been tame. I mean, the first two rounds really were not, uh, you know, what's what's a major key moment except for, like, Kyle Larson blowing his engine or something. Uh, you know, there hasn't been... Kyle Busch's very, very long Charlotte race that ended, <laughs> you know, oh, nearly passed out in the infield. Um, all the wrecks at Talladega, as usual. Right. You, had that three you haven't had the uh, Matt Kenseth mugging someone in between the haulers moment. You haven't had the Kevin Harvick pushing Brad Keselowski into mm-hmm. the scrum to fight Jeff Gordon moment. You know, you haven't had that signature you, holy crap moment. You, you haven't gotten – you haven't, okay, remind me if I'm wrong. Like, up until tonight, the last time we'd really seen any driver, like, ticked off or anything was Kyle Busch at Las Vegas. Yeah, that's probably right. You, they, we had gone a long time, I think, without seeing any anything like that. And so now – You've got some tempers. You've got some possible revenge coming in the next couple races, and um, I think it's all super interesting. And but here, here let's let's make a, a distinction too, though, because I don't want people to listen to this and think, well, these these guys just thought that uh, the race was interesting because of the drama and the tempers and all that stuff. I thought bef- well before this, it was, it was a it was, very good race. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's there's something about stage two at Martinsville that uh that. This, the whole stage racing really benefits this track with, with Keselowski and Kyle Busch and trying to get the lead from Busch while Busch is trying to get to lap Denny Hamlin, and he's trying to stay on the lead lap. Because he stayed on the lead lap, 
you might have what happened at the end. Mm-hmm. So, um, stage racing at Martinsville is a okay. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, you you um, you had the big Stenhouse moment earlier in the season, and now you have this today, tonight, whatever you want to call it. Just looking at the rundown order here, uh, Clint Boyer had a great day. I mean, uh, you know, I know that that gets pretty lost here. You got a quiet, quiet third place. Yeah, finish. very quiet. Truex ends up finishing second. Um, he actually had a, had a chance to win there in that last. I mean, racing Kyle Busch. I was listening to, I was scanning the playoff drivers and. Truex's spotter was like going crazy on the radio. He was like, keep it in the gas, keep it in the gas, keep it in the gas. Oh man, second, that sucks or something like that. So, I mean, he had a chance to, how, how crazy would it have been if after all that Truex ends up winning? Like, yeah. I mean, I think he tried to take him three wide down the back stretch or anyway, he was, he dove inside a bush going into turn three and I was like, Oh wait, this is going to be a fender banging finish. Like Darlington between Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven. It, it wasn't that. That happened behind them, so. Um, but no, it, it, it yeah, yeah. When Truex got that run down the back stretch, I was like, "Oh snap, this is this is gonna be something." Yeah, and um, so like we said, Keselowski finished fourth, Harvick finishes fifth, and then um, he pulled up behind Ryan Blaney's car on pit road and like ran into it or something. Um, I didn't see that. I saw, I saw their conversation that they had. On, I saw it on TV, but I didn't. Oh, I didn't even know they had a conversation. Yeah, they, it, it wasn't it wasn't a Denny Hamlin Chase Elliott conversation, but yeah. they they had a they had a conversation. I just saw the cars, uh, re- like stuck together basically, and I took a picture. <laughs> um, tr- freaking Trevor Bain ends up finishing sixth. First top ten at Martinsville. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Trevor Trevor. Bain. Well, um, so if you had him on your fantasy team, lucky for you. Actually, the both Roush cars. It's Ricky Stenhouse oh, wow. Jr. finished 10th. Yeah. Both Roush cars get top 10s seemingly out of nowhere. I'll tell you who was really disappointing today. Um, he ends up 12th, but, I mean, God, Jimmy Johnson was getting lapped late in the race mm-hmm. by Chase Elliott. I mean, t- for him to salvage 12th is is a, a good day, I guess, but where was Jimmy Johnson today? Well, you remember, he, he led, like, 23 laps. He and a bunch of other cars pitted off sequence. That's right. He stayed out. Because they he and a few couple of, couple of other drivers had restarted had started the race from the back of the field because of unapproved adjustments so yeah he and and about seven or eight other cars pitted and when there was another caution that gave johnson the lead then he led 23 laps that's only the second time he's led since daytona the the july race second time he led five laps at dover um and so after he got past they dropped to the field he he was in like 16th 18th for most of the third stage so 48's missing something Dude, I mean, I tell you what, um, Jimmy Johnson, yeah, you know, he's he's got to be in pretty serious trouble. I, I don't see him being I, able I, to. I haven't seen the point standing, so I, I honestly don't know where exactly. He, he, I think he's three. I think Jimmy Johnson's like three behind Harvick um, for the cutoff right now. And then, um, yeah, I, I just, but I, see, okay, I'm, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, is Chase Elliott going to be able to go to Texas or Phoenix and um, run well enough? Pretty much, he's he's probably gonna have to win. So I I just don't see that happening. I think Chase Elliott is screwed. I think Chase can win at Texas. I think he can. Johnson won there in April. Johnson has dominated that uh, fall Texas race for for a while, but I just don't see that they have the speed. No, they haven't had no like they have. He's had he has one top five finish since he won at Dover, and that was at Dover. Yeah, this so. was this is one of the worst years of Johnson's career, and that's why I think. You know, it's uh, Martinsville is so important. Saying that and he has three wins, so think about that. 
Yeah. So, but just just overall, uh, you know, and that's why it was so big for Keselowski, Johnson, um, Elliott. Now, I, I I would say if I'm going to predict the final four, obviously you have Kyle Busch, Truex, and I'd say Harvick. And mm. man, I almost want to go Blaney over Keselowski, but Keselowski is in decent decent shape i think you know points wise if he can just if keselowski can go out and get a couple top five somehow he'll he'll make it well, again I, I haven't seen i haven't seen the point standing so I, I don't know where they are heading to texas let me ask you this let me ask you this denny hamlin can he he he's currently outside the bubble he's got a toyota can he go and salvage this can he go win at a Texas or a Phoenix. I don't know if he's had that top, that top five speed at speedways like Texas. I just, I just, I don't know. I really don't think so. He, he's he been consistent, but not overly on the positive side of being consistent enough to be. Like he's more like fifth to 10th place car than first to fifth kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's mostly it. Yeah. Harvick, he hasn't had the top five speed either. No. So, I mean, give me Elliot. You think Elliot's going to, wow, you're you're making the roll in the dice motion. Wait, you're saying right here, right now that he, Elliot is... He is ticked off. He will drop. He, he, I think that makes he, you go faster. I think when you're really motivated after that. Yeah, I think I think he'll, he'll have the tunnel vision more than he he had coming into this weekend. Um, speaking of tunnel vision, you would have tunnel vision if you went to Sam Tech, my post race podcast sponsor, because you would be so into your studies and concentrating on becoming a racer and making it to this level. So you could race at Martinsville and be on working on a team that you would have the tunnel vision as well. Do you, do you buy that? Yes. <laughs> you don't sound very convinced, but if you go to samtech.edu, because that's my post-race podcast sponsor, you could learn how to work on engines. Tell your friends. I don't know if you have any friends that didn't go the journalism route that you would want to see in racing, but you know, there's people that work here in the NASCAR industry building engines and, and knowing how to make everything go. Uh, you know, you could, you could encourage them to go there. I'll, I'll try to remind them next time I see them. Just tell them to go to samtech.edu. Daniel, um, now the important question is, what percent of the people in the post-race poll tomorrow will say that it was a good race? First of all, let me say, before we make our guesses, if you don't think this was a good race, what? Oh, my God. No, if it's not above 90%. It has to be above 90%, right? Like, we should have a wager. Like, if it's not 90%, what do we do? Quit? <laughs> going home. All right, shutting down. The Pack Patreon. it up. Shutting down the Patreon. Just, just going home. You. <laughs> um, so I think I think that we probably both agree that we're just picking. This is going to come down to like a single percentage because we think it's both going to be above ninety percent. Okay. I'll let you pick first. You're the guest. What percent exactly are going to say yes? Ninety-four. Okay, you say ninety-four percent. Ooh, man, this is tough. God, I really think this has a chance to be the greatest race that I've ever polled in the last two years, which I think Dover uh, is number one right now. So I, but I don't know. I think there's going to be some haters. Oh, you know, so too many wrecks at the end, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't take talent. So, oh man, I will say, I hate to go this low, but I'll say 91. 91. Okay. okay. I, I, I kind of wanted to go 93, but you said 94. So I didn't want to price is right. You on that? Price is right. Okay. All right. 94, 91. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, the last thing we need before you have to get back to work, because Dustin Long is probably like putting out a manhunt for you right now. Like, where is Daniel McFadden writing on NBCSports.com? So uh, what's what's the hashtag going to be for this crazy podcast, this crazy night? Um, What about hashtag Martin's Thrill? I think it'll work. 
uh, we, we, we might need to send it to committee, you know, get, or you need to have a committee for on jeffcluck.com to, to vote on that. But yeah, I think that it, it rhymes. So I'll go with it. Martin's thrill. Our, our brains are too fried to think of anything more creative than that. So hashtag Martin's thrill. Daniel, um, thanks for joining us and please tell everybody where people can follow you and your work. Uh, you can see all my work at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden, all one word, and my last name is 1D and an I. 1D and an I. Okay. Well, thanks, Daniel, and um, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.